0: the Lord. Great morning of worship and praise. Uh, Just so uh, if if you're uh, visiting or not quite familiar, fourth Sunday, uh, the children are upstairs uh, for Children's Church all during our worship hours. so uh, we don't have children's sermon on the fourth Sunday. So, you know, that last song that the worship team sang, which was a blending, but it had one verse in there from majesty, worship his majesty, I was holding that song in my hand as the worship team was singing it. I'd forgotten that part of it was on the worship schedule, but so exalt, lift up on high the name of Jesus. Jesus. Magnify, come glorify Christ Jesus the King. Majesty, worship his majesty. Jesus who died, now glorified King of all kings. Brother Jack Hayford wrote that song. He's at home with the Lord now, as a matter of fact. I don't think he he passed away not too long ago. Time gets away, but... uh, Majesty, worship his majesty unto Jesus, be all glory, honor, and praise. Majesty, kingdom authority, flow from his throne unto his own, his anthem raised. That's what we're here to do today, folks. Celebrate, celebrate the lordship of Jesus Christ, our priest, our king, seated on his throne in the glories of heaven. And someday we'll be there. Someday we'll be there, flat on our faces, before that throne, worshiping the only one who is worthy. Kind of a, a, a hiccup in our introduction here, but I do want to just make mention of Gideon Sunday coming up in two weeks. That's February the 5th is our Gideon Sunday. We'll have a Gideon uh, testimony and guest speaker Uh, here to present the ministry of Gideon's International and the distribution of Bibles around the globe. And uh, so uh, be prepared, come that day with just a little bit of an extra offering to contribute to the purchase of Bibles so the Word of God continues to go forth to those that have not yet heard. And if you have any interest, I'm just going to put this out here for uh, consideration, We have some new folks who have been coming, and uh, uh, we offer, I offer a class called Grace 101, and uh, if you would be interested in attending that, uh, I'm just going to announce that today we'll probably put out a sign-up sheet just to see if there's any interest. Uh, It's a four- to six-week class, and it basically teaches what we believe at Grace Community Church, why we believe it, and why we believe it's important that we believe it. It's a study of the Word of God, but it's our doctrine of faith, our, our doctrinal statements that we'll actually walk through and uh, and just take a little bit of time to examine and, and see why it's important that we hold to these eternal truths and I say it runs four to six weeks and we'll also go over kind of the uh, the structure of the church, how things work, how the things flow. Uh, in uh, kind of the polity uh, of the church. So if you have any interest, uh, just be uh, considering that. And then uh, here over the next couple, three weeks, ideally we do it during Sunday school hour, uh, nine to 10 on Sunday mornings for, like I say, four to six weeks, depending on how gabby you are. So how many have heard about the revival going on in Southeast Kentucky? little old town in southeast Kentucky, which, by the way, is where the Second Great Awakening kind of gained momentum. It introduced the Second Great Awakening and the Cane Ridge revivals in Kentucky and uh, uh, the Restoration Movement and some of those things. But there's a little old town, a little old church in southeast Kentucky has been meeting every night for almost 80 nights now. And the altars have been full about every night. God ain't done yet. He isn't done yet. People are getting saved, people are being set free from drug and alcohol uh, addictions, and uh, marriages are being healed, and, and the altars are full, are full every night. Look where you're going, and go where you're looking. I've got a couple of alternate titles for you. If you don't look where you're going, you might not like what you see when you get there. Yogi Berra said it best. You got to be very careful if you don't know where you're going because you might not get there. I'll let you just chew on that one a while. Notice where we are in our examination of the Psalms of Ascent. We're in Psalm 123, the fourth Psalm of the 15, and also a beginning of that trio that we have talked about the last couple of weeks. So in this Psalm... The, the, the Jewish pilgrims, again, are going up to Jerusalem to meet with the God of heaven and earth. We are back to the first of three, which means we're in trouble. That's where we're at. We're in trouble. The next psalm will be trust. The next psalm will be triumph. And then we cycle right back to trouble, trust, and triumph. And this captures, in many ways, the life of the Christian, the journey. Don't we find ourselves in that loop? Occasionally and maybe often where we're facing trouble, we renew our trust in a faithful God and then we experience the triumph and the hills and the valleys seem to continue as does life. But what we find out is there is hope in every step, brothers and sisters, if you got your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith There's hope in every step. J.C. Ryle said, if we are true Christians, we must not expect everything to be smooth in our journey to heaven. We must count it no strange thing. If we have to endure sickness, losses, bereavements, and disappointments, just like other people, free pardon and full forgiveness, grace by the way and glory to the end, all this our Savior promised. But he has never promised that we shall have no affliction. He loves us too well to promise that. And I want you to think about that statement. He loves us too well to make a promise that, number one, he hasn't promised to keep. (laughs) Please note that we find the word eyes. And we're about ready to read the psalm. I'm kind of laying the groundwork here. The word eyes will appear in our psalm four times. Spurgeon explains Old authors call it the oculus sparrans. Now, I know that you waited patiently to learn that term, haven't you? Everybody, woke, everybody in the sanctuary woke up this morning and said, Gosh, I hope when I get to church, I'll hear two Latin words. Right? But it is interesting that the authors of old called this the oculus sparrans, the eyes of hope. The eyes of hope. Let's stand as we read the 123rd Psalm. A song of ascents. To you I lift up my eyes. O you who are enthroned in the heavens, behold as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of the maidservant to the hand of her mistress. So our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. For we have had more than enough contempt. Our soul has had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease of the contempt of the proud. Father, we pray that... These verses will have true meaning, that we understand even the despair in this author's words. There will be time, Father, when we will cry out, I've had enough. Enough is enough. I can't go on. And we know that you will pick us up and carry us a little bit further. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. I also think it's interesting that we point out the plurals in this psalm, our and us, reminiscent of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. You see, all of these things point to community. As, as, as again, we, we want to, to repeat, uh, might even say it again. Or be redundant. Folks, the journey of the Christian life was never meant to be done in isolation. The journey of the Christian life is not a single person's journey. It's a community's journey. It's a family journey. We're in this together. With our destination being the same, we have in common our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we share life together with well, that being the foundation of who we are and how we live out this life. The Christian journey is a journey of community. wiersby gives us three quick points I want to offer to you before we get to the preaching points in Psalm 123. He says, throughout their history, the Jews have often had to endure the scorn and contempt of their enemies. The world does not love God's people. As we make our way on the narrow road that leads to Zion, we run up against the crowd going the other direction. Brothers and sisters, I want to challenge you as a parenthesis to this quote, that if you haven't met the devil in your journey today, turn around and go the other way because you must be going in the same direction. We should encounter him. We should meet him. We should be going the opposite way, and so when we see the world going that way, we keep our eyes on Jesus. Once again, looking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Expect to meet the devil along the way, and bid him farewell as he passes by. First of all, Wiersbe says, look to God's heaven. If you look at the enemy, you're good discouraged. So, look by faith to the God of the universe who reigns in heaven. Psalm 121 shows you how. Look to God's hand, he says. He is the master. We're the servants. He tenderly cares for his own. Just be sure your ears are open to whatever orders your master wants to give you. And finally, look for God's help. Look to God's heaven, look to God's hand, look to God's help. That'll preach. That'll preach. Adequate mercy is available for you when your heart is filled with pain. Let God's word of strength drown out the enemy's words of scorn. Preaching point number one. Look up and see the Lord in all his majesty. You remember Isaiah's vision of the Lord, Isaiah chapter 6. As he beheld the glory of God... He was overwhelmed. He was overcome, and 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 he says, "I ha- I have come undone." The the term best describes someone unzipping, unzipping. It's like unzipping our our chest and our 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 bowel area, and everything spills out. That's what undone means. He was so overwhelmed with the glory of God, folks. We need to recapture that vision. To recapture that vision. As Marshall sang that song, then came the morning. Man, I was just thinking, morning's coming. Morning's coming. And that morning is going to be the return of the Lord Jesus Christ when he, he comes and displays himself in all of his glory, and all of his majesty to establish his final and eternal reign. And we're going to be caught up together with him in the air. Oh, what a day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I'll look upon the face of him who saved me by his grace. What a day that will be. What a day. Look up And see the Lord in all of his majesty. The psalmist says, to you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Spurgeon gives us eight words to consider on how to look. Reverently, obediently, attentively, continuously, expectantly, singly, submissively, imploringly. Focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. The Lord is in his throne. He's on his throne ruling with sovereignty. And his throne is in heaven. Look up. Look up. You see, from his vantage point, he has a panoramic view of the universe. Now, what could he possibly miss? The eyes of the Lord search to and fro over the face of the earth. The scripture just keeps coming and coming and coming, describing the Lord's eyes. In Psalm 115, verse 3, our God is in heaven. He does all that he pleases. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 9, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The Lord is robed in glory and majesty. We should worship him in times of trouble. In times of trouble. Majesty. Worship his majesty. Majesty. Listen to this prayer of King David. Therefore, David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth. It's all yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. And you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might. And in your hand is the, is the it is to make great and to give strength to all. That would make a good song, wouldn't it? That would make a good song. You see, brothers and sisters, they're not only going to be trouble, but we're going to make mistakes. How many of you, no, no show of hands, please. You know, the, 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 the thing that we kind of wrestle with here is, is not only the, sovereign of God, the sovereignty of God, but the free will of man. We make mistakes. We make wrong choices. And sometimes there are great consequences to those choices. But brothers and sisters, if you're here today and you've made that mistake, you've made that error, whatever it is, whether it's word or deed or both, Let please, please understand you do not have to be held captive by that. You do not have to be held captive. God is greater than our error. God is greater than our mistakes. God is greater than that misplaced word. Yes, repentance, confession, and apology should be part of our lifestyle. But do rest in the forgiveness of Christ, please. Gary, I got a question for you. I don't know why I keep coming to you. You're just so easy to pick on. In all the years that you spent behind bars after you got saved, let's fast forward a little bit. Did you ever just wake up one morning and say, Boy, I wish I could just put on those old chains and shackles and be hobbled again? Did you ever just wake up really wanting to put them chains back on? No, not even as I go back in every day. That's past, brother. That's past. You see, not accepting God's forgiveness is the same thing. We get up every morning and we put the same shackles on our ankles. We put the same chains around our waist, chain our hands together, and we hobble through life. It's a horrible thing to see those inmates do that. It's a horrible thing to watch them struggle to walk and maneuver with that. But that's what unconfessed sin, that's what unforgiveness does, that's what not giving God our sins and our confessions and allowing him to set us free. We're hobbled. We're chained. God is in heaven. He knows, he understands our struggles, our sorrows, our pain. He understands our mistakes, our errors. And let me tell you, once they are confessed and you are forgiven, who is going to show up to remind you of them? Satan. Satan. Look up. Look up and see the Lord in all his majesty and remember where you're headed. Number two, look close. Look close and see the master's tender hands. And this is where I froze in my preparation time, in my study time of the word of God and getting ready for this message. I just froze here. Behold, as the eyes of the servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of the maidservant to the hand of his mistress, her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy upon us. Wow. Wow. You've heard that old saying, don't cut off the hand that feeds you. Please see the hand of God. See the hand of God, that hand of provision. Eugene Peterson says, too often we think of religion as a far off, mysteriously run bureaucracy to which we apply for assistance when we feel the need. We go to a local branch office and direct the clerk, sometimes called a pastor, to fill out our order for God. Then we go home. And wait for God to be delivered to us according to the specifications that we have set forth. Should I read that again? But you see, it is the hand of the Master that caught my attention. Do you see his hands? Do you see his hands of mercy reaching out? Do you see his hands of mercy pleading with you to come? To come to find rest for your weary soul, to find peace for your troubled heart, to find hope in a hopeless world. Let him hold you this morning in his tender hands. Do you see the hands of God that reached into the earth and grabbed a handful of dirt and formed Adam? Do you see the hands that wrote on the tablets of stone at Mount Sinai to give us a moral foundation for life? Do you see those hands that wrote judgment on the wall in Daniel chapter 5? Those hands that would one day touch the eyes of the blind and bring sight? Those hands that would touch the ears of the deaf and open them to hear. Those hands that would snatch Peter from the stormy waves and pull him to safety. Those hands that would hold the little children, those hands that would one day be nailed to an old rugged cross to hold our Savior. In the torment and pain until he gave up his spirit, those nail pierced hands that would show to Thomas and the evidence that he was alive. Do you see his hands? Do you see his hands? Psalm 18 says, He reached down from on high and he took hold of me. Oh, wow. When trouble comes, look up and see the lord in all of his majesty when trouble comes look close and see the master's tender hands of provision and lastly look near look near and see a merciful savior listen to this plea the the first point we could, we could describe as our posture. Our posture. Worshiping the Lord in all of his majesty. The second point could be called our provision. What we will receive from the hand of a loving and graceful God. The third one would be our plea. Our plea. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. For we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease of the contempt of the proud. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am a sinner. I am a sinner. And your grace is my only hope. Our Lord hears, our Lord sees, our Lord cares. I read these verses from Exodus chapter 3. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites." Do you see that? I want you to go back and just look at one key element in this. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Who's going to win this arm wrestling contest? When when God's hand meets the hand of the oppressor, Somebody's going to lose. And it ain't him. It is not the Lord. And what's he going to do with those in bondage? I'm going to bring them up. I'm going to bring them up. You see, the story is God coming to us. Brothers and sisters, this is the very heart of the gospel. That there's nothing we can do to move any closer to God. There is nothing we can do to appease him, to, to satisfy his righteous laws, his perfections. We cannot, by any human action, get any closer to the glory of God in and of our own merit or rights. So God, realizing this, what did he do? He came down. He came down. He met us where we are. And he lifted us up. He lifted us up. Let our cries for mercy be fervent. Folks, this is, this is no place for ushikushi prayers. There's a term mamby pamby. I don't know what it means, but it sounds awful wishy washy. The psalmist isn't offering a prayer like that, he's crying out. He is crying out from the very depth of his heart, from the very deep of his soul, I've had enough, God. I've had enough. I cannot endure anymore. And God said, That's okay. I'm going to show you mercy. I'm going to show you mercy. Fervent prayer should be marked by a passion, fervent prayer should be marked by persistence, and fervent prayer will be prevailing. Never give up on God. Never give up. The writer of Hebrews says, Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. But we, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of needs. God knows our limits, and he will provide for us when we think we've reached it. Psalm 103, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Please don't spend your time in prayer offering God's suggestions and recommendations. Trust his infinite knowledge. And trust his perfect will. Trust his love for you even in the most difficult of situation. Trust his promises. Rest in his mercy. Look up. Look close. Look near. Press on, pilgrim. Press on, pilgrim. Mount Zion, Mount Zion is right ahead. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Father, for your infinite grace, your abundant mercy, your unfailing, unconditional love. And Father, all we have to do is cry out is cry out, Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, O Lord. The greatest words a captive soul can ever cry. Have mercy on me, a sinner, O God. The words that bring joy to your heart as you send forth saving grace. in the quietness of this moment, if you have never uttered that prayer, if you've never recognized your need for a merciful God, today would be that day to see and recognize your own condition forever separated from a holy and righteous God by your sin The same sin that separated me and everybody else in this room. Until one day, one day the Holy Spirit said, I have a solution for that. I have a way of breaking those chains of bondage. And you understand at that very moment that Jesus died for those sins. That he shed his blood for the atonement of those sins and the redemption of our souls. So cry out this morning, oh God, I've had enough. Have mercy on me. For the glory of Christ our Savior. Amen. as we sing this last song if you would like to come share, ask me, Pastor Adams over here to my left what it means to be saved what what does it mean to be saved and how can I be saved, we'll sure be excited to tell you we'll be excited to tell you but there may be someone here this morning and maybe more than one that's right there with that pilgrim in Psalm 123, God I've had enough I've had enough I just don't know if the next step's worth it or not. It is. It is. I guarantee you it is worth the next step. Look up.